When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What's going on in the Marvels Nation, or should I say Marvelheads out there? Welcome to another edition of In the Marvels, your weekly racing podcast. I am one half of the hosts around here, Preston Lude, and the other half is sitting across from me, Matt Beamer. How's What's it up, going, man? Preston? Man, this is my favorite time of the week. I hope this is a good break for everybody just listening to In the Marvels. We have fun bringing it to you as much as we hope you enjoy listening to it. I hope so. I do too, man. It's going well. The podcast is gaining traction, I feel, slowly yet surely. We're getting there. And I feel, I really do feel that this week we're not doing YouTube. No. Because we're doing some upgrades here in the next week. Next week we'll be back with a relaunch of YouTube. It's going to be better, better quality, better everything, better production. It's going to be great. Yeah, hang in so, there. Hang, out hang in there. Heads. If it's you're there watching there. YouTube... Or you discovered us in YouTube, get ready. It's going to be coming down the pipe. We should have waited. Again, I messed up, and I tried to get stuff out there before it was perfect. Well, that's what trial runs are for. And, well, you can't produce it to the world without trial runs. And, hey, hey you, know. you know, we're going to relaunch YouTube. Same place in the Marbles YouTube channel, but we're going to revamp it all. It's going to be great. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. But how's it going, man? Good. I uh, raced... Formula One today, the so quote unquote for everybody at home, the preseason for the league that I'm in. Okay. We raced Canada. We did not a full race, but half of it. So it would turn, it was like 35 laps. Right. And there was 11 people that joined the lobby. So like we were missing like nine people. So it was just a preseason test. We called it a test. Well, how'd you do? Finished third. My team, Racing Point, we got the one and the third place finish. So we got the podium. Hey, that's good. But there were only four drivers left altogether. So that's not your fault. No. So here's I'll tell you real quick how how it happened. So no practice. You get an 18 minute qualifying session. So as soon as it loaded in, bam! I hit the track. I'm ready to go. Driving right out of the pit lane. I'm going for it. And I made two different runs. And I was only ninth fastest. The first place guy was like three seconds ahead of me. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. I'm going to start near the back. I need to see, feel this out. I need to see how everybody races. It's a good strategy. It was a good strategy. On any type of online racing. Because there was 
accidents in the first two turns. Yep. And then people were just wrecking out. I mean, we had so many. Well, you have your sector cautions and then virtual safety car. And then we had safety car like three times altogether, like a full course caution. Right. People were wrecking out. Some were hitting each other and wrecking and some were just doing it on their own. So I was holding my strategy. I made three different pit stops and hey, it worked out. I, I'll take the podium. Yeah. Even though it's not the real season yet. We do start next week right. at Canada. So Okay, good preseason test, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was not bad. Good. So uh we'll see what happens from there. Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we had a Caroline and I Saturday, we were sitting at home doing nothing. We have work the next day. I have work the next day. And she had, and she was scrolling through her Facebook, and she said, "Hey, there's a race going on at Sumter Motor Speedway, the dirt track, which perked up my ears. I was like that dog, you know, when he hears treat or something, perks his ears up." She's reading, and oh, dirt late models, ooh, this street stock V8s, and ooh, and she's reading all in all, and this, and you know, I kind of said, "We going? Do you want to go?" Thing is, she said no. Then she said, "Text you." Oh. Well, yeah, that's right. You did text me. Text you, and if Preston says he'll go, we'll go. You didn't text back. You had some unfortunate stuff. I hope your mom's doing okay. She's fine. Yeah, I guess she just had a little stumble and fell. Broke her ankle. And broke her ankle. I hope she's fine. But you had that going on, and I can understand that. And then Caroline just ended up saying around 4.30, yeah, let's just go. Just send it. She threw on her in the marble shirt. I threw on my in the marble shirt, grabbed some cards, and we're going to the dirt track. We get there, a little bit of a rain delay, so it started, the race has started two hours late, but she was quite impressed by it. She said that was a lot of fun. She liked it better than asphalt. Yeah, the local dirt track seemed like to be a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Caroline and I got baptized by the dirt track and got dirt on us. It was great. We got dusty. It was, it was so much fun. I recommend anybody, if there's a local shore track around, go support it. Now, I'll give you this. I will, I will say this. Being that Sumter Speedway is one of the top dirt tracks in the region, I'd say south in the Carolinas, maybe in the southeast. If I was that track owner, I would put $100,000 into it as far as the facilities, the stands, the restrooms, everything. Was it that bad? How can I put this so politically correct that I... You heard banjos. Oh. <laughs> and it, it was there... You had to adapt at some points, like in the bathroom. You had to just adapt. Uh-huh. Adapt and overcome. Adapt and overcome. But it was good, good people. Everybody was very friendly. We had a great time. She enjoyed it. She even said, hey, let's go dirt track racing. I said, that's probably a bad idea because you know me. I'll get all the top-of-the-line stuff, and we'll go broke really fast. You had to pump the brakes. Yeah, pump the brakes. I get it. It's exciting. I thought the same thing when I first saw a race. I went, I want to be a race car driver. It's like, no, it's not that simple. No, it's not at all. But we had a great time. Sumter Speedway, a lot of fun. If you're in the South Carolina area, Sumter area, from Somerville, it's about an hour and a half north. Easy drive. Recommend anybody going. We're definitely going back. Great experience. And if not even if you're in South Carolina, if you're just around a dirt track or a local short track, go support those. That's where the real racing is. I, I agree with that. I've never been, but, I mean, I would agree with that 100%. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Recommend anybody doing it. Nice. But that's about all we did, and then I worked, and now we're here. Here we are. racing podcast, man. Yeah, it was a nice uh, work yesterday, and then yeah. nothing too good, crazy. Good easy, good easy work. Good, yeah. good job. And it's then, always uh, a good day when nobody's having a bad day. Yeah, it's always a great day when nobody's having a bad day. Couldn't have said it better myself, yeah. my friend. But we're going to hop right into it, man. We got, I got some news. I got one big piece of news that I could find. Okay. And I think you know what it is, so we're going to go ahead and hop into it. Scuttlebutt around the racing world, mainly the NASCAR community, Hendrick Motorsports is talking about dropping down to a three-car team. Odds are it's going to be Bowman. They're having sponsorship woes. They're having people tough time sponsoring them. So my question to you is this. If they go to a four, from a four-car team to a three-car team, most likely it's going to be Bowman. Does Bowman stay with Hendrick Motorsports? Yes, because Jimmy does. Jimmy Johnson's retiring at the end of this season, twenty twenty. Correct. I don't think the forty eight cars any going anywhere. I don't think the twenty four cars, two iconics, going anywhere. As well as Chase Elliott is not going anywhere. I really do think now Bowman fills the seat in that forty eight car. I think the forty eight car still the has the sponsorship. 
in terms yep, of ally. It has sponsorship as far as ally. So I could see it being a, just a three-car team. They would probably keep Alex Bowman. He's got a couple wins on his resume. He's got a Hendrick. couple wins. Well, I mean, he's better than William Byron at this point right now. Who's well, I'm surprised. Struggling. I'm surprised William Byron doesn't have a win yet. Yeah, I so do I. But at the same time, I'm not. It's just one of those things, you know. It's just. Yeah. I think he was overhyped coming in. He may have been a little bit overhyped. But so was Chase Elliott, and then he finally broke through. And now he's starting to be a winning driver. But Hendrick Motorsports dropping down to a three-car team. I think it's going to be the stable of Elliott, Bowman, Byron, and the 24-9 and 88. Oh, you think, oh, so you don't... Oh, no, not the 88, the 48. Okay, all right. I apologize about okay. that. So, 9, 24, 48. 48. Yep. Those are all iconic numbers. I think those are going to be the numbers that are going to stay. I think those are going to be the drivers who are going to stay. So, as far as Kozlowski moving... I haven't heard anything yet about Penske. I've heard rumors that they're close. I've heard rumors that they're close, but a, that doesn't matter unless a deal has been reached and yeah. Inc. is on the dotted line, in my opinion. Yeah. He could still go anywhere. Maybe Gibbs, something. Levine, Levine Family Racing is going to be... They're up for sale right they're now. They're up for sale right now, which brings into question as well Christopher Bell's seat, and does he go ahead and fast-track overhead, go ahead and go to the top Gibbs organization, who does Gibbs replace as a satellite team? Yeah. Because Gibbs likes to do that, and a lot of teams like to do that because of the four-car rule. There's a lot of moving parts here in, in, in mid-2020. I think this COVID-19 thing had a lot to do with the downsizing of Hendrick and the selling of Levain Family Racing. Yep, and then we are very close to... The playoffs at this point, we're we're really close. Yep, we're really close to the playoffs. I'll get more into that. I got some. I got the current playoff standings. We're going to go over those and see who's most likely. Who our predictions are with a handful of races left to go in all three series: Cup, Xfinity, and Truck. Who's in and who's out? All right. So you got anything? Any other news, buddy? No, that's uh, like it was pretty slow this week. Again. Yeah, it was pretty slow this week, but we had a lot of good racing. Just just NASCAR on the docket. Yeah, at Kansas, and we'll go ahead and start reviewing those races and see what the point standings look like going into New Hampshire and Michigan. Green, green, green. Two truck races, an Xfinity race, and a Cup race this week in Kansas. In a weird particular order. I didn't catch the second truck race or the Xfinity race because Caroline and I were at the short track. I had to go back and watch. I, I went back and watched them, even though I know who won. But I want I like to watch the race, especially if we're going to review them and talk about them, give a top five drivers who impressed me the most in those races. And I tell you what, congratulations. We're going to go ahead and start with trucks here. Congratulations to Austin Hill claiming his first career victory. He was so close so many times this year, Atlanta, and and the fact that he finally now got it. Got that monkey off his back. He's in the playoffs. Good for him. It's going to be fun watching him progress through the ranks, in my opinion. So we're going to start off with the first truck race, Austin Hill's victory. Who do you have for a top five? So I combined my top five again for both races. See, I didn't do that. I, I don't do that. I like to do it because I see why you we do have that. a double header. But I feel like that takes away from each race. I, not really because I when I went back and looked at it, and uh, my top five is comprised of both races altogether. So with mine, I had Matt Crafton as my number one because – the first race he finished, he had, you know, stage one, he was fifth. He was not inside the top ten in stage two, but he was fourth overall in that one. And then the second race, of course, he had the third, the second, and then he won the race. So he had a good weekend. I, I see what you're doing there, and he's on both of my top five too. He's fourth in my truck race where Austin Hill won the first one. He's fourth for me, and he's number one in my second race. My first driver for the first race is Austin Hill winning that race. Second in stage one, first in stage two, and then the final stage. So I'm curious to see where you go from there after that. I have Austin Hill as number two in my top five for the weekend. See, Austin Austin Hill didn't even make my top five in the second race. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Didn't make my top five in the second race. He ran well, but not well enough to put him on 
my top five right. for the race to me. You got, in my opinion, you ran, you got to be like Austin Sendrick in Kentucky and sweep it if you want to be my top five in both races. Okay. You got, All right. you ran it yesterday. There's no excuse why you can't be up front and do it again. Granted, the field was inverted. I think it was just a top the 15. Top, the top, well, the top 15 was inverted. Okay, well. But still. I guess we could give that to him. We, I, that's what I would say. Yeah. You, you race two races in a row at the same track. You should know. How to get I, around there. How to get around there a little better than maybe the rest of the 30-something drivers. Brett Moffitt's my number two in the first race. And my number two in the second race. Is Tanner Gray started 18th, finished fourth, wasn't inside the top 10 in either stage one or stage two, but finished fourth. He's on my radar now, Tanner Gray. That's a good pick. Who do you got for number three? Uh, Zane Smith. Zane Smith was my number five pick on the first race and my fourth pick on my second race. He had a very good weekend, finishing sixth in the first race and ninth in the second race. Starting in the top 10 to both, but consistently up there, sweeping the stages on the second race. I agree with you. He's my fourth on my second race and my fifth on my first race. So that was your number three. My number three for the first race, Brandon Poole. Started 25th, fifth, finished 12th. No stage points, no nothing, but 25th to 12th, impressive for me. My third for the second race is Chase Purdy who started on the pole because of his 15th place finish in the first race, 7th in stage 1, 8th in stage 2, and 10th place finish. I've never heard that name I yeah. until the second race when he started <laughs> on the pole. And so I'm, I'm happy that finally hearing names that I've never heard before. And I think we're on number 5 now, if I'm not mistaken. Or you're number 4. Yeah, number 4 for me. Yep. I have Derek Krause. Derek Krause didn't even make... My top five, nor honorable mention. Why Derek Krause? Uh, <clears throat> so, fifth in the first race, seventh in the second race, but he was inside the top ten at every single stage on both days. Okay. I don't know why I failed to mention him, but Derek Krause is your one of your top fives. My fifth, and I think, I think we're going to be done here until honorable mentions, for the first race, my fifth for the... Last race, because we haven't mentioned him yet, I put down Christian Eckes. Started third, fourth in stage one, ninth in stage two, and second overall. And I've already given you my top five pretty much for the first race. We'll get to honorable mentions here and rating the race in a second. Who's your fifth place driver? I had Christian Eckes as well. All right, you see? Yeah, okay, so. <laughs> we're, at, least we're, at least we got that in common. We're close enough. Yeah, close enough to perfection right there, I would say. How would you, did you combine the rating of the races for both or did you rate them separately? No, I did them both again. Okay, you did them both. How would you rate the races for the truck race? Unpredictability, I had an eight. Memorability, I put a seven. Excitement was an eight. Intensity was an eight. And I gave competitiveness a seven. So a 7.6 overall for both races combined. You know what? I'm going to combine both of mine just for the sake of that. But here's how I rated. I rated the first race as a 7.6 with a memorability seven competitiveness, intensity, unpredictability, all eights, and excitement, seven. So 7.6. For the second race, 8.2. A little more action to me. Yeah. Everybody kind of knowing what the track is, and therefore, I think, producing a better result. Memorability, seven. Intensity, eight. Competitive day, competitiveness, eight. Unpredictability and excitement, both nines. That race was an 8.2, with an overall of both truck races of a 7.9 better for the than weekend. what I had. I thought both races were really good, really well done. Now, we get into that. We got four races to go until the playoffs start for the trucks. Here's how, and it's, they only take the top 10 in points. Vice to Cup, they take the top 16, or the Xfinity, who take the top 12. We got four drivers locked in already with wins Austin Hill, Grant Enfinger, Sheldon Creed, and Matt Crafton. Those are the only four drivers as far as locked in. Above the cut line, fifth through 10th. Ben Rhodes, Zane Smith, Christian Eckes, Brett Moffitt, Derek Krause, and Todd Gittleman. Todd Gittleman's down towards the bottom. He's having an okay run. Derek Krause is coming to life. I think all five of those drivers, I think all six of those drivers, have a good shot of staying in the top ten. But here are my ones to watch out for. 11th through 15th, you got Tyler Akram, Johnny Sauter, Tanner Gray, Stuart Friesen, who made it to the top four last year, 
in the truck series. And Rafael Lazard, I think Johnny Sarder gets a win before the playoffs start. We only got a handful of races, but maybe Johnny Sarder gets a win and knocking out Ty Gittleman. But I, I think that's the one to watch out for. Four races to go in the, here in the next over the next month. It's going to be intense. Make sure to check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I think uh, Derek Krause and Todd Gillen are probably the ones that are on the hot seat yeah, right Yeah, they're now. in the danger zone, I would say. So, And it's Johnny Sauter's and Tyler Akram's to lose at that point. But it's any of those to lose at this point as, as far as I'm concerned. But with four races to go, the pressure is tightening down for those who are within 5th through 10th in points as well as 11th through 15th, I feel. 16th and down, it would take something like a Daytona or an, an equalizing race, an equalizer race. To bring them in to the picture. Top four don't have to worry about that. They're locked in. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's crunch time. We're getting there. It's it's starting to come down for the wire for all three series in NASCAR. Okay. And that's what makes this fun. But we'll get more into that later. Xfinity Series. Brandon Jones with the victory. Surprise victory. Is there a lot of cautions there at the end of the race? A lot of restarts for the Xfinity Series. How do you enjoy the Xfinity race? Very. It was good. I thoroughly enjoyed I, it, especially at the yep, end on that last restart. Yep, I thought the whole race was good. Brandon Jones, and it seems like you can be able to catch him. Burden was able to catch people. Long-run cars, especially with Austin Sendrick, slowing down there at the end, and then longer-run cars coming up. Old-school racing, in my opinion. I thought it was a lot of fun. One of the highest ratings I gave it all weekend. It seems to happen a lot more with the Xfinity Series. Yep. Excluding when Kyle Bush is in it. Then it kills the rating. It kills the rating. Right there, 100%. Brandon Jones wins. Who's your top five? I have Brandon Jones in my number one spot in the Brandon top five. Brandon Jones is in my number one spot, too. He had a heck of a race. Heck of a race. Couldn't be happier with that. Number two. Harrison Burton. He's not even in my top five. Why Harrison Burton? Uh, solid run, third, second, third again, you know, overall third. But, you know, top five in both stages, which is good. They need the points. Yeah, they do because they're right, as we will cover here in a short time. Although he has a win, he'd, li- he'd like to keep those playoff points coming. Yeah. Number two for me was Daniel Hamrick. Okay, consistent, that's a good one. Consistent all day, seventh in stage one, ninth in stage two, and seventh overall. Junior Motorsports, if Dale Jr. was smart, would keep him in the car and run for a championship. Yeah. I think he has a good shot of doing it if he was in the car all year. He's missed a few races. I don't know why. I think Junior is crazy not to put him in the car. Number three. I have Justin Haley. He's my number four. He's my number four. He had a radio issues at the start of the race. Didn't seem to slow him down at all throughout the course of the race. Sixth in stage one, fifth in stage two, and sixth overall, starting 12th on top of that. My third, Ryan Sieg, started 16th, finished 4th. Not even a factor all day, but he's got, a, he's got a good top five and good momentum going into the rest of the year. They only have five races to go in the regular season. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun trying to watch him come in and try to be a playoff contender. Number four for you. I put Austin Sendrick in there. He was my number five. And I thought he was going to do it sweeping stage one and two, which he needs to do, which stay up there. But finishing second, okay. Yeah. Brandon Jones came up there, took the win with authority from him. I thought it was a good run for Cendric, and he's him and Briscoe are the ones to watch out for. Now, who's your honor, uh, fifth place? Uh, my fifth place is the guy that's currently sitting 244 points above the cut line. And that's Justin Allgaier. I don't think he really has to worry too much right now. No, I didn't put him in my top five. I'm not making a lot of noise, but finishing consistently if he doesn't yeah. wreck at the end of the race. Mm-hmm. He seems to either wreck at the start or at the end. If you don't hear his name, he seems to be doing well or has no problems whatsoever. Yeah. From what I've seen in Justin Allgaier. My, who's your honorable mention? I put Daniel Hemrick as the honorable mention. Now, see, I me. like that. Good job. I put <laughs> Ross Chastain as mine. Started seventh, second in stage one, fourth in stage two, and fifth overall. I don't even think we did honorable mentions for the trucks. Uh, no, and I don't even know if I had one, honestly. All right, my honorable mention for the first truck race, Johnny Sauter starting 18th, finishing 9th, and the uh, second race, Granding Finger starting 13th, finishing 3rd. Those are good honorable mentions. So there was the honorable mentions for the 
trucks. Now we get into the interesting points here. And I love doing this stuff. I love putting out all together all the numbers and stuff. Locked in by wins. We got five drivers locked in by wins. Chase Briscoe, Austin Sindrick, Noah Gregson, Harrison Burden, Brandon Jones, and Justin Haley. In with points at this moment, Justin Allgaier, Ross Chastain, Michael Arnett, Ryan Sieg, Riley Herbst, and Brandon Brown, which is a name you're not hearing a lot of. No. He's going to sneak in there, I feel. Below the cut line, I've got three drivers below the cut line. Jeremy Clements, Daniel Hemrick, and Myatt Snyder. I think Hemrick's going to take over Jeremy Clements if he stays in contention, if he stays in that seat. He's going to overtake Jeremy Clements, and then he's going to overtake Brandon Brown and be in the playoffs. I agree with that one. And I think once we get to the playoffs, we'll have a better idea of where we're going because the playoffs is already set. I don't think NASCAR did anything with the playoffs or altered that. No. So we'll know where we're going. We'll know what we're going to be doing, and it's going to be intense. But I think Hemrick makes it into the playoffs. He's in that danger zone. Yeah, I, you know, looking at it, I almost would think that maybe Riley Herbst would be in that danger zone and Ryan Sieg, but maybe not so much. You said five races to go? Five races to go. Yeah, I don't know. I think Brandon Brown is the only one in the hot seat that's inside the top 12 at this point still. Jeremy Clements and Daniel Hemrick. I think Hemrick I think Hemrick can do it. I think Hemrick gets there. I think Hemrick can take care of that. And if Junior keeps him in the car, Junior's got to keep him in the car. Yeah. That's the important part. The cup race. I got a funny story about the cup race. I was at work when the cup race came on. It happened on a Thursday night. And all through the race, we never had a call. Not one call. 12 laps to go. Tones dropped. Mm. We got a call. I was really mad. I could understand with 128 to go. Cool. Take 30 minutes. Go and take care of business. 12 to go. Missed the end of the race. Mm. And it really stinks spending three and a half hours of your life sitting there and that to happen. And you could take out Tone's Drop and put in anything. The microwave broke. Yeah. Just craziness. It always happens at the end of the race, never at the start. I can afford missing the start. You can't afford missing the end of the race. Oh, well. Denny Hamlin, five-time winner this year. Definite championship contender. Who's your top ten? I put Martin Truex Jr. as number one in my top five. He's not even in my top five. Wow. Not, though he was up there, all race, had a great run, not in my top five. Mm, and why is, he in, why is he in your top five? Uh, he ran consistent, you know, third in stage one, eighth in stage two, but he got third place overall, and that's, that's definitely what they need. If I'm looking at it correctly, I think they already have a win, so just probably adding on to the points at this point, that's what they need to do. Yeah, and that's what he needs to do. He's definitely not the team he was last year. I feel Joe Gibbs isn't the team they are last year. However, I say that very passionately because Denny Hamlin's my number one, and for good reason. Started 10th, 2nd in Stage 1, 4th in Stage 2, 5th win of the season, leads all drivers in that category. He's a championship contender, and we only have seven races to go until the playoffs start. Who's your number two? I put Kevin Harvick. He's my number three. Though he started on the pole... Well, he was up there, but he wasn't up there, in my opinion. Yeah, I can agree with that. It wasn't typical Kevin Harvick. Something happened no, to him. Something not went at all. wrong. It does, it does seem a little weird nowadays when somebody like that is not what they usually are, because that's what you're kind of used to. And he finished fourth. Yeah. You would think, man, he did a great, he had a great run. But for me, it's not the closer. Not the close. Something happened. I feel like something went wrong. He got out of the groove, lost some momentum. Because he was up there for a minute. But then something happened. My second driver was Cole Custer starting 24th and finishing 7th. That team has some wind in his sails. Yeah, it does. And that's Stuart Haas Ford, and I think he's going to flex his muscles in the playoffs. I think he's going to have it. Third I already covered. What's your third? I have Eric Jones, who I think is going to sneak in to the playoffs. I have him as number five, and for this reason, starting 21st, 10th in Stage 1, 7th in Stage 2, 5th overall, he snuck up there. Yeah. And I think if he keeps this up, he's going to sneak his way in. I I like that. Third place. Okay. Fourth place. Eric Almarola. Oh. Yeah. Eighth in stage one, third in stage two, sixth overall. Getting those points, they're, you know, it says you're sitting 11th in the standings right now. And I think that's just going off of because of the top 10 drivers all have wins. Right. So, so yeah. I mean, we're going to cover more about that. I, I was about to put him in. But I think he's doing exactly what he needs to stay up there. If he can't get a win, at least put his name into the he's box. He's sitting pretty comfortably he's above really, the cut line right now. It's like 200 points above the cut line. Yeah. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. My fourth place was Brad Kozlowski. Okay. Started seventh, fifth in stage one, one stage two, second overall. Again, doing what he needs to. He's had, he has a handful of wins this season, but he's doing exactly what he needs to do in order to stay alive and keep those playoff points and gap, grab a playoff point here and there throughout the course of the year. Fifth place, you already know for me, is Eric Jones. Who's your fifth place? I put Denny Hamlin down at fifth. Okay. So he was still in the top five. He was five, in the but... top five. He's just not in your top five. Who's your honorable mention? I did not have an honorable mention, to be honest with you. Well, I'll give you one here. William Byron, starting 15th, finished 10th. He needed that run. Yeah. How, how would you rate the race? I don't even think we rated the race for the Xfinity race, did we? Uh, I don't believe we did. Well, before we rate the cup race, let's rate the Xfinity race. How would you rate it? It came down to an overall of an 8.6. Unpredictability, I had a 9. Memorability, I had an 8. Excitement was a 9. Intensity was a nine, and competitiveness was an eight. So overall, eight point six. I thought it was a great race. We had almost the same. I have an eight four, eight point four. Memorability eight, intensity eight, competitiveness nine, unpredictability nine, and excitement eight, eight point four. For the Xfinity race, sorry about that. A little out of order. Let's get to the Cup race. How would you rate it? It's one of my. It's in between. Uh, cup race. I had eights all the way down the board. I had eights all the way down the board except for unpredictability. I had a nine and memorability a seven. I have an eight as well. Yeah, so eight overall. (laughs) And now we get into this. We have the top 16 going into the playoffs, seven races to go, 10 drivers locked in with wins. Hamlin, Harvick, Kozlowski, Logano, Blaney, Elliott, Truex Jr., Bowman, Dillon, and Custard. 11th through 16th in points. These guys are not locked into the playoffs. Eric Amarola, plus 134 above the cut line. Kyle Busch, plus 120. Boyer, this is when you start getting into danger zone for me. Boyer, 42 above it. Kurt Busch, William Byron, and Matt DiBenedetto. Below the cut line, I have 17th through 23rd who might get in. In my opinion, 23rd up to 17th, I think, will have a shot if they run well the rest of the seven races to get in. Because Boyer isn't on a hot streak. The Benedetto's on a bad luck streak. William Byron's not finishing top tens as consistently as he needs to. The only ones that really are Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, and Eric Amarillo. Yeah. Tyler Reddick, I think, maybe gets a win. If not, he gets in in points. He's having a very consistent year. Eric Jones sneaks his way in. Jimmy Johnson, he needs to turn it around. Or else he's going to miss the playoffs the second year in a row. Bubba Wallace... Minus 100 points. This is when you start getting into the Hail Marys. Chris Buescher, Michael McDowell, and Christopher Bell in 23rd. In my opinion, I think those guys can do it if they have the consistent runs. They need top tens. They need stage points in order to do that. But possible for any one of those drivers to get in. Let me bring something up here. There's a couple of things I want to bring up. Okay. First of all, Kyle Busch. How odd is it that this guy has yet to win this season? Something's weird with Joe Gibbs racing this year. Hamlin's the only one who gets it, whereas everybody else just doesn't get it. Well, Kyle Busch, even though Kyle Busch, it says here he is sitting 120 points above the cut line. I mean, over 100 points, I wouldn't say he needs to take it easy, but he needs to kind of keep his head on a swivel just in case because we all know that the bad luck can show up at any time. As far as... Now, I'm looking, for when I look at the cutoff, as you talked about, from 17th to, you know, 23rd, which is, I mean, that's a big difference. I agree with you. I think either Tyler Reddick gets the win or he somehow slips in without needing the win. Yeah, I think Tyler Reddick in 
that whole RCR organization is having a, they've rejuvenized themselves, especially with that win in Texas with Austin Dillon. Yeah. I think they've rejuvenized themselves. I think they're starting to figure it out. I think for some reason, Austin's still the number one driver. I wish him or Ricky would have had time to develop in there, but that's neither here or there. You can't change the past. I have a very dark horse that I think we should keep an eye on with now, seven races to now go. who is that? Michael McDowell. Yeah, oh, yeah, McDowell. I put him up there. I think that's why I put him in the cut. And Christopher Bell, either he's checkers or wreckers. Either he runs very well or wrecks. It's his rookie season. It's his first time driving a cup car. He had a great Xfinity year last year. He was part of that big three. Mm-hmm. However, now he's running very competitive cars and a team that isn't Joe Gibbs, but it is Joe Gibbs at the same time. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested in see. I want Bell to win, but I'm with you. McDowell might sneak his way up there. I think if they keep... Because the cutoff race is in Daytona. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up, the point. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad they did that. I kind of wish it was the final race of the season. That would be cool. That would be really exciting. But that's for another day. I think that would be awesome. I think Daytona is a perfect place to have to cut off because then anybody could be that dark horse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. B.J. McLeod. Yeah. He's in the championship. Hey. Hey. He did the job. Michael McDowell. They keep but Michael McDowell, he keeps doing well. Consistent finishes, and he's a pretty good driver at those super speedways. We've seen it in the past before. Yep, we have. So he could sneak his way in very well. But with seven races ago, you got to put yourself in that position. You don't want to depend on that Daytona, no, in my no, opinion. No, not at all. Because then you could be very easily taken out on lap five. I think Roma Motorsports is slowly getting things together. Yeah, and I, I like that. I like. I, I want to cheer for them. I like cheering for them. Yeah, it's always good to Ever see them Ever since they well. were with, uh, with David Reagan, I like that team. Yeah. They're the true underdogs of the mm-hmm. sport. Sure are. But that's it for NASCAR. You got anything else? No, that's it. Uh, just... Well, since we only have the Cup Series this weekend, I am curious to hear what your top five would be for this weekend. Yep. Cup is going to be in New Hampshire this weekend, Sunday, August 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. No truck or Xfinity race. And I'm going to have to flip the notes here because usually we do that at the Final Thoughts segment. But it's okay. I'll bring it up now. Top five. First place driver I have is Kevin Harvick. 36 starts. At New Hampshire, four wins, 12 top fives, average finish of 12.8. Not the best finisher on my list. However, he's having a very good season. I agree with you. Championship contender through and through. Yeah. Who's your number one? I have Kevin Harvick as well. All right. Good call. (laughs) Okay, number two. I'm sure, I don't know if we have the same. We probably do. Denny Hamlin. Yep. 26 starts, three wins, 10 top fives, average finish of 9.9. Who's your number three? I have Martin Truex Jr. Okay, I don't. You don't even have him in your top no, five? No, not at all. <laughs> but why do you pick uh, Martin Truex Jr.? I think they're the uh, the team is getting on the roll. They've been kind of like in and out this season. Even though they're in the top 10 in points, they've kind of been like, it's been like an in and out kind of season. We've seen them struggle at times, and then they're coming back at the same time. So I think they're there. Yeah, I think they are too, but at the same time, they're not. They're not the same team as they yeah, were last like year. like you said, yeah. Somebody's found a chink in their armor, and they're exposing it. My number three. This is going to be a dark horse for both this race and the championship, but I put him on here for good reason. Ryan Newman, 34 starts, three wins, seven top fives, average finish at 13.5. That's a good one. I like that. Number four. I have Keselowski. I have Keselowski as well. 19 starts, one win, seven top fives, average finish of 11th. Now, this could be also considered a dark horse. My number five, but I'll let you go first. I have Chase Elliott. Jimmy Johnson for me. Why do you pick Chase Elliott? I think he gets it done this weekend. Or, well, I wouldn't say he's probably going to get a win, but he's gonna he's gonna keep racking up those stage points. That man's on a mission. Yeah, but Jimmy Johnson, I feel, might be the last slipper for Cinderella here. Three wins, ten top fives, average finish of eleven point one. So a little worse than Kozlowski. Definitely a little, a few positions worse than Denny Hamlin. But I think I someone to keep an eye on. Is Jimmy Johnson? I think that's that. a good pick. That is a very good pick. Now we're while we're talking races, we got the Cup race on Sunday, but we also have Formula One this week in July thirty first through August second, with the race coming at nine ten a.m. Eastern Standard Time from Silverstone. Who do you got? And I'm just going to go ahead and say it: Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen, top three. Game over. 
sink the bucket. I can. I will agree with that one hundred percent. And if that's the case, I mean, I'm not even going to care anymore <laughs> until they come out with that new rules package. Which we got a fun segment coming up. We got a fun segment. We're going to tell you guys about it, and we'll get more into that later. After this segment, we'll tell you what we're going to do next week. That's what you got for the Formula One race. I, I would. I would venture to say Mercedes is a definite lock, and Racing Point is getting there. Racing Watch po- out for Racing Point. Watch out for McLaren too. Yeah, McLaren, Lando Norris is really McLaren's getting there. Because I got Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris. Lando Norris on my radar as well for Silverstone. Yeah, McLaren. For some reason, not Ferrari. I like Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari is. And I also like something weird going Haas. on there. Yeah, Haas is still struggling. I don't know why. They've been in the sport long enough to know, to get it, I feel. That's neither here or there. They probably get stern talking to by Gunther every every. Uh... Gunther Steiner. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you got anything else while we wrap up for uh, Formula One and look forward to these races at Great Britain and Silverstone and, or Silverstone, I should just say, and uh, New Hampshire. Nope. New Hampshire should be a fun race. I've been there, had a great time with staff. It was my first race I ever had hot passes to. Oh, Nice. In fact, I got a funny story. That Kislowski cutout. I think I've sold the story. I've told you the story, right, about that? I think you may have. I don't remember that. I don't remember if I did or not because we met these Canadians there at New Hampshire and one stole that for me. And oh. and every race I go to now, I take it with me and have everybody sign it. So that's that's really neat. Colin and Corey, man, those guys were crazy Canadians, man. They're crazy. Crazy Canadians. <laughs> So I decided to do something fun. Okay, what is it? Because it's something everybody does, I feel. Something that everybody does, regardless if it's with the lottery or their job or any type of organization. And the question is this. What would you do if you were NASCAR, the owner of NASCAR, for one year? This is a good one. This And, I, and next week we're going to do, what would you do if you were in charge of Formula One? Okay. For a year, because I would make changes everywhere for that organization and i got a list here i don't know if you made a list i told you about this no i'll um and i, I think really you have too much i think you're just gonna wing it i have things in my head that i have thought of before but, I, but I, you I, have a I, very big list i got over a there. detailed list here who wants who do you want to go first i'll go first okay let's hear it first thing i would do is and this might be controversial for some people I would shorten the races by 100 miles or 100 laps, depending on the track, with the exception of the Daytona 500, Coke 600, Southern 500, Brickyard 400, and Talladega 500. So those five crown jewel events would stay the same distance. Okay. Everything else, including a second Talladega race, would be shortened by 100 miles. I feel like the racing would be more intense. I feel like it would grab people's attention for, instead of three and a half hours, about two and a half to three hours, and I think it would t- save the teams a lot of money. Everybody's about to cost cutting. I feel like shortening the races by 100 miles or 100 laps if you're at like a Bristol yeah, or, I can agree or Dover mm-hmm. would make better racing because you have less time to do it. You can't just say, oh, we'll wait till the final 100 laps. No, you got to go now. Yeah. You got to be up there. That's the number one thing I would do. The second thing I would do is do away with the playoffs. I would keep the current point system because it's easy. 40 for first, all the way down for 1 point for 40th. Yeah. Easy point system. Everybody gets it. It isn't any of this. 232 for first, 225 for second. No. I like the current points payouts. Would you add other extra incentives in there? The other incentives I would add would be this. One, uh, points for leading laps and most laps led, just like the old school point system, and that would be five points. Oh, for each. So if Denny Hanlon leads the laps and in the most laps, most he'll get is 10 points. Okay. And then five points for whomever else. Because that was a lot of fun. If you go back and watch the day at Atlanta, ESPN, um, I think of an FS1 documentary about the 1992 season. Yes, I've seen that. And Alan quickly stayed out that one extra lap, yeah, and, locked one up the, extra lap. and locked up the most laps and secured the championship. Yep. I feel like that would throw in a lot more strategy for that. Yeah. So I would take away stages as well so it's take away 100 miles take away the stages no more stage racing 
old school, go out there, 400 miles, 400 laps, whatever. That's what I would do. I would bring back the high horsepower, low downforce package, hands down. Okay. I would make the cars, I'll try to take away as much restrictions as I can and thin out the rule book because I want to see the innovative. I would take away the solid, everybody has the same body. Yeah. And see them play the template game again. I bring templates back. The heck with this laser scanning. Yeah, it's accurate. It's faster. It's probably cheaper too. But if you look at a body now compared to a body when they actually molded it to fit it, beautiful craftsmanship, lost art, I feel. That's what I would do. I would not put a limit on how many cars a team owner can have. Oh, okay. So for the, in the case of Levine Family Racing right now, Levine Family Racing, I apologize, Joe Gibbs could buy that team right now and have a fifth car in his stable. Hmm. That would be fun for me. I want to eliminate one race at Pocono, Dover, Texas, New Hampshire, and Phoenix and add in the Milwaukee Mile, Gateway, Rockingham, and Nashville. Oh, that I agree. Sonoma is on the chopping block, too, for me. It's, hit or, it's hit or miss. But I think there's a lot of history there where I could justify keeping it. But I, don't, I want the stands to be filled. I want those track promoters to fill the stands. Because if I watch races and the stands aren't filled, then what good are you to me? Right. Whereas if you got more people, in the case of Bristol, in the night race compared to the day race, we'll just have everybody buy the night race ticket and sell out mm-hmm. and move to Bristol race there. So track owners would have to convince me why they're worthy of staying on the schedule. And I think Sonoma would be on the chopping block. Pocono, Dover, Texas, New Hampshire, and Phoenix would definitely be limited to one race this season. Mm-hmm. And that is what I would do if I was in charge of NASCAR for a year. And I even made a schedule with stuff thrown in there. I'm not going to go over it with you. Needless to say, Sears Point isn't in there or Sonoma. I apologize. I went old school there. Wow. I did go old school there, see? (laughs) And only one New Hampshire race, one Pocono race. The Roval's in there. And in in place of Sonoma, I'd I'd have to find maybe uh, the Daytona Road Course or another short track. Maybe go international and go to Canada if I could Hmm. do that. Okay. We've seen that before in NASCAR, mainly with the Xfinity. But that's what I would do. That's pretty good. You, you. I'm really pushing. Now, not only did I think about this when I threw up the question to you, Ever since Brian France came in there, it's like, I want to do everything the opposite he does. I did not support one thing. Now, when I was young and naive and didn't know who Brian France was, yeah, I mean, this would maybe be cool. No. Not anymore, it's not. Not anymore, it's not, Looking man. Looking back at it, no. <laughs> I'd probably try to make MS- NBC Sports my primary provider and bring Alan Bestwick back, too. I don't know if I have any choice in that, but I would bring Alan Bestwick back. I Well, that's a good one, too, honestly. Now. That's a good one. What would you do? Because I know, I think this week you're just going to say, yeah, this and that. But next week for Formula One, you're going to have a lot more to say than I think I will in Formula One. Yeah. So you're kind of right. I'm probably going to wing this at this point. But I always kind of have constant thoughts rolling in my head about NASCAR. And one of those would be, I agree with one of your statements, is bringing back the whole template design. And, you know, the uh, the high horsepower and low downforce package. That's definitely what we need again. Yeah, I, I thought it was better racing. This was a good initiative by NASCAR. It's not working out. I think you're driving a lot of fans away. I want to hear the loudest engine I could possibly hear at the NASCAR race. I think it produced way better racing, the low downforce package especially. I don't care if it's low downforce, low horsepower. I don't mm-hmm. care. Take away the downforce. They're too, they're, I feel like it's just not as much fun. Now, I have a, before I get more into it, I'm, I'm a little curious because I think I'm having like a brain fart here, but when I go back and watch races from like the early 2000s, why is it nowadays when like cars end up in the wall, not so much hitting it too hard, but brushing it or something to knock some things out of place so much? Why is it all of a sudden that they're just not that good anymore? But like when we watched years, a decade ago, you got cars running up and down the walls at Darlington and everything's fine and cars are still flying. Does that have to do with the whole template design? That probably has more to do with the engine. I mean, yeah. you throw away that high downforce and you take away downforce, that car isn't going to handle right because you don't have the horsepower to make up for it mm-hmm. to me. And that's one of the reasons. It's like, I don't, oh, and oh, here's a mention too. I take away the damaged vehicle policy. Yes. I would take away the damaged vehicle. I just thought of that when you said hit the wall. Yes. Because I 
want the cars to go back into the garage. I bring back the ability for teams to work on the cars in the yeah. garage. Mm-hmm. Not, if you want to make a quick repair, throw a fender on there, throw it on a pit road. Yeah. If there was a big wreck at Talladega and you were in the garage and you could come out and make up those laps and gain 12 positions, you might be in contention to keep those points going forward, especially if you're in playoff or play championship contention. Yeah. And win that championship based on that. So, okay, I apologize for that, but... No, yeah, no, that's but, that's fine. But to answer your question, I think it's the low horsepower that's producing that. If you scrape the wall, the horsepower can make up for the aerodynamic disadvantage that you're okay, at. Okay, all right. That's well, that, what I that feel. That explain it. And I think maybe Larry McReynolds would agree. Yeah. You know, I'm glad I brought it up, and then you threw in that damage policy, because I probably would have totally forgotten about that, because that was one of the one things that made me the angriest when NASCAR was changing rules in the past yeah, few I didn't, years. Yeah, I don't like that. I feel like... If you're out, you're out. I get that. If your engine blows, if your transmission goes, yeah. if you wreck out to the point of you can't repair it, I get that. But to see a car come out with no hood, no fenders whatsoever, and make up just two laps and gain five positions after a big wreck, that makes a difference. That's five points. That's that, also sponsorship, too. That's also sponsorship. That's like your, your sponsors and every and your fans, too. Yeah. The driver's fans is like, oh, man, he didn't make the damage vehicle policy. Well, that's boring. Yeah, five minutes. Uh, that's lame. I think it's six minutes. Well, but I, and you, then you have to make minimum speed. But at the same time, I feel like it could be better. I think if they I feel were, like if you just took yeah. away that, it would be better. Yeah, the, just as long as you take it away, and then they have the ability to work on the cars in the garage area, they could probably meet minimum speed again. Right. That's another one I would probably bring back. Even if they don't make minimum speed, they go around the track twice. Maybe, yeah. Maybe even once, just to get ahead of the cars that wrecked out too. Yeah. What if the crew? What if your crew you take it back there, and the crew chief comes back there and says, "Hey." Let's repair this car. We can make one lap, and we can make up a couple of positions. Yeah, even that's two positions. Need. Hey, two positions. Two positions, two positions. It's two points. So, And with no playoff to win in your end, yeah. I think points and finishing positions would be a lot more valuable. Now, as far as the playoffs go, I don't know. I would, I would like to go back to the where we didn't have playoffs. But if we had to have playoffs, I think I would just take a top ten, and that's it. But and see, like, you're in charge of NASCAR. You get to choose. He's the only reason we... Went from 10 to 12 and in wild cards and in 14 and now 16. It's because drivers like Dale Jr. didn't make it and Jeff Gordon didn't make yeah. it. The big draws didn't make it. Mm-hmm. To me, those years, you weren't worthy of it. Yeah. Don't bend the rules to bring back Jeff Gordon or Dale Jr. because they couldn't do well one season. Yeah. So there are a couple of things I agree with you. Like, well, that was on your list. I would shorten some races. Absolutely. I've started to figure that out nowadays. It's weird because. Ever since I've gotten into Formula One more, it seems like, you know, Formula One doesn't take very long. What, an hour and a half maybe? Yeah, an hour and, and a half. And we're done. Oh, that's great. Cool. I mean, nowadays, some NASCAR races are taking two, three, four hours in the afternoon or something, taking up a lot of your time, and there's not a whole lot happening. Shorten those races, and we could probably get some more excitement on the track, of course. Yeah. Man, see, this is where I'm torn. I don't know if I want to just take away playoffs or keep them. I would probably take it away. I would definitely take away stage racing. I thought it was okay at first. Not anymore. Right. I don't like it anymore. I agree with you keeping the simple point system. I would give bonus points for most last led. I would give a bonus point, one bonus point, if you led one lap at least. So let's say if you were able to lead a lap, you get a bonus point. Okay. So like Michael McDowell, if he leads one lap, he should get a bonus point. I think everybody deserves to get at least one bonus point if they can lead one lap. Not five points. No, just one. Okay, just one. Just one. Okay. I would also give a bonus point for the fastest lap as well. Oh, kind of like what Formula One does. Kind of what like Formula One does. Because that also makes it exciting at times, too, coming down to the end, like we saw with Lando Norris at Austria. That was cool. That was well, really cool and, to and see. And he bumped off Lewis Hamilton. He's like, yeah. Yeah. Lando was... Norris is one of my favorite drivers now. <laughs> yeah, that was really okay, cool to I, see. Okay, I like that. But I don't want to. I try. I want to try not to copy another motorsports thing. Well, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh man, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. So that's not horrible. No, I think that would that be could make it interesting coming down for... to the wire, especially if your car isn't handling well, but you're in you know championship contention there at the final race. It's like throw on, come in and throw on stickers. Let's go, let's go. Yeah. And then let's run qualifying laps. Yeah. Throw some tape on there with five to go and just run until it blows up, man. Get that bonus point. We need that bonus point. And, I, I see that scenario. I like yeah. that. And, and to your point, some of those things that I came up with, it reminds me of the documentary when they did on the 92 season at that last race. Like, that's that's what I want to see again. That's what I would love to see again. Coming down to the last race, there was 
What, what do they say when they entered that race? Someone broke it down. There were six drivers that were still in contention. Let's see all I, the top let's six. See, we have Bill Elliott, Alan Kowicki, Davey Allison, Kyle Petty, Mark, Mark Martin, Martin, Harry Gant. Yeah. How I remember so, those off the top of my head, yeah. I have no idea. And somebody was crunching the numbers yep. and said, these are the scenarios for all six of these drivers. And then once Alan Kowicki led that lap when Elliott pitted, they handed him in and said, Kowicki won it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, oh, yeah. I wish I could have seen that. I, I wish I would have been old enough to comprehend what happened that day. Yeah. And now looking back on it, it was awesome. I would do that. I would bring another race back to Darlington. I would do two races again. See, I want to try to limit two races at tracks except maybe Daytona and Talladega. I would bring back Rockingham for sure. Yeah, Rockingham would be on the list. It because that's a good track. Milwaukee Mile. I like Milwaukee Mile, too. Gate, I enjoy that one. I would bring Gateway into the Cup Series as well as Nashville. Not I, not the fairgrounds, the other one. Well, if I were to kind of do what you're saying, maybe if so, if we were to leave, try not to do two races at certain tracks, I think I would probably try to shorten Darlington just a little bit then. I think 293 laps is actually they, plenty of distance. They ran a 400 mile race there, and that was a fun race to watch. Yeah, 293 laps. I thought that was a. You know as well one. as I do, Darlington will. When you're there, it'll start off great when they have fresh tires, and then it'll slow. Down yeah. mm-hmm. so much. It does. Especially with the three-hour rain delay, and you're there at one in the morning, and you're just like, my goodness, will this be over with? Or, Even when you're there. Or when, in 2015, when they did the first throwback weekend, and there was like 18 cautions, and it was like a six-hour race, and you were just like, oh, come on. Yeah, like. this will never end. I've been in those <laughs> situations before, but yeah, I think we're pretty good, but I don't think that will happen anytime soon. <laughs> I don't think Brian Fran or the France family will give up the reins no. any time soon but you you have anything else to add i think we're done there I that's a fun that's little pretty segment much it. next week we'll do formula one what would you do if you're the owner of formula one changes are coming for yeah, formula yeah, definitely. one for me mm-hmm. but if you have nothing else here we're getting to our final thoughts this week in nascar and our driver of the week white flag white flag white flag one lap to go one lap right here all right for this week in nascar we're going all the way back to 1955 July 31st, 1955, Tim Flock scores his record 13th win of the season in the 250-mile NASCAR Grand National Series race at Bay Meadows Racetrack in San Martino, California. I apologize. It is Flock's second win in less than 24 hours. The title-bound driver won the Syracuse-New York race the night before. Then flew, I guess, all the way to California and won again. And that is your This Week in NASCAR. Preston, who is our driver of the week this week in NASCAR? Well, since we were talking about the final race of the 92 season and you rambled off all the drivers, I figured why Kyle not? Petty. No. No. Not Kyle okay. Petty. Alan Quickie. No. Okay. <laughs> Do you want another guess? <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. I, I'm going to make myself look like a fool if I keep <laughs> guessing. Our driver of the week is... As the driver of the iconic number 33 Skull Bandit car. Harry Gant. Harry Gant. Handsome Harry Gant. Handsome Harry Gant. Born January the 10th, 1940. You know, better, you know, known for driving the car in the NASCAR Winston Cup Series, as it was known back then. Great times. 1985 IROC champion. 1984 and 1991 Southern 500 winner. And 1991 Winston 500 winner. Some awards... NASCAR's 50 Greatest Drivers, he's in that. National Motorsports Press Association Hall of Fame inductee. 1991 NMPA Driver of the Year. His Cup Series career, 474 races run over a total span of 22 years. His best finish was second in 1984. He racked up 18 wins, 208 top 10s, and 17 pulls in the Cup Series. Handsome Harry Gant. Your Driver of the Week. Driver of the Week. This week in NASCAR. Awesome job, man. I'd say that about wraps it up here for us. I will say this, though. If you're in the Myrtle Beach area this weekend, this Saturday, Brian Barnhill announced that he's going to run his final race there since the Speedway's closing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely official with the Speedway's closing and moving in condos. Brian Barnhill's going to run his final race there. I'm going to try to go. I encourage everybody else to try to go check out Brian Barnhill at Myrtle Beach Speedway in the late model series this Saturday. So, you have anything else, Preston, before we wrap it up? I've got nothing else. All right, buddy. Well, I'd like to thank everyone so much for tuning in to us this week here at In the Marvels. Make sure to like us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And be on the lookout for more YouTube content coming up in the next following weeks. 
and make sure to drop us a like if you like us and rate us on the show on all podcast platforms to let us know how we're doing. For Preston Luna and Matt Beamer, thank you so much for listening. Be safe out here and have a good rest of your week. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.